athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You are locked into the Dopey Show on radio, and I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a really good show for you today here, as we generally do. You know, last weekend, I mean, I, like, I'm not a huge, I'm not the biggest college football fan. I'm not the biggest college football fan. I'm more of a pro guy. But I'm going to tell you what, la- see, in this COVID-19 pandemic, generally I would be out on a Saturday. I would be calling a North Carolina a football game. And that obviously is just not the case as we stand, really stand right now. So none of my children had, nobody had a softball or a baseball game. It was sort of a rainy weekend, really a rainy Saturday and really Sunday last weekend. So it enabled me to really stay in the house. And actually Saturday wasn't that bad, actually. Um, But I stayed in the house and watched some college football and you know I I mean I had to go out momentarily or for a a, a few moments a couple of times but you know from a local perspective I I watched a little bit of the Carolina and Virginia Tech game Carolina currently ranked number five in the country the highest ranking for the UNC Tar Heels uh, since 1997 I think that is pretty significant Missouri, LSU, like what's going on with LSU right now? Like I realize LSU had to travel to Columbia, Missouri to play that football game. Uh, Missouri put it on LSU and LSU really struggling right now. But the game that I enjoyed the most and, I, you know, I had a chance to watch Alabama and Ole Miss, by the way, before I even get into that Texas game or the game that I really enjoyed the most. I don't like I I. The odds makers, I, I, I just wonder how these odds makers or so-called odds makers determine not necessarily who wins the game, but by the point spread. I mean, if I'm looking at Alabama Old Miss, I'm looking at Lane Kiffin as the head coach at Old Miss, one of the great offensive minds in college football, his former coach if you will or the coach that he he was an assistant coach at Alabama as the offensive coordinator under Nick Saban so I don't bet but Ole Miss and I don't need to know who the players are on Ole Miss all I need to know is that Lane Kiffin from an offensive perspective is on point all I need to know is that Lane Kiffin was a former offensive coordinator under Nick Saban, he under Nick Saban, more of a defensive minded coach. So whoever decided or whoever said that Alabama should be favored by in excess by 20, what was it? 23 points. I think it was, I think Ole Miss or, or Mississippi was a 23 point underdog against Alabama. Doesn't really understand sports doesn't understand college football. Like, I don't need to know who Ole Miss has. Like, I knew, I mean, if I you know, if I was a betting man, like if I was one that gambled, I would have taken the points on that game all day long. I mean, really, Mississippi had an opportunity, and, and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say they had an opportunity to win that game. I mean, they kept it close. The game went tit for tat. As a matter of fact, Mississippi was up uh, at, a point in that game, and then it started to go tip for tat every time Alabama would score, Mississippi would score until 
until Mississippi didn't score, and then Alabama ultimately, uh, obviously, they took advantage of that situation, ultimately winning that football game 62-48 to in a shootout. And really the game was much, it was 63, 63-48. to And really the game was much closer than the score would indicate. 15-point victory by Alabama. But I'm here to tell you that that game was much closer. Like I, I was flipping between that game. Uh, I was watching, trying to watch the Clemson and Miami game. Like I thought, you know, Miami ranked number seven in the country. I mean, I thought, you know, I mean, they they had some moments, right? But they just didn't have enough offensively. I mean, Clemson's defense, and, and of course, I mean, when you look at that Clemson offense, it is tremendous. But that Clemson defense is is so stout. It's, I mean, like it's unbelievable. And so, you know, I was flipping between those two games, but mostly watching uh, that game between Alabama and Mississippi was a great game. You know, the other game I was watching, not at the same time, but the game that had been played previous to to those two games that I mentioned, Auburn and Arkansas. Arkansas got absolutely robbed. When I saw the play in real time when the quarterback for – uh, for Ar- Auburn, dropped the snap where the snap was low. It was on the ground, picked it up, and he tried to down it. I mean, you know, this is what like this is why there's instant replay in sports. Okay, for these exact moments, and that's why there's. I don't agree with instant replay. Like I'm against instant replay in all sports. I think when you look at it from a collegiate standpoint, and, and as one that has called many games, many collegiate games with instant replay. They need to get rid of it. It does nothing but slow the game down. It's almost like you have to check every single play, anything that's super close. We got to check it. We got to make sure it was right. The coaches have challenges. The, the, you know, the NCAA says we need to check the play. It slows the games. College football games are long as is already long as they are. Okay. Three and a half hours. It, it, it tickles me when I see a college football game on TV. You look at the time and it says, okay, you know, let, let's say if I wanted to DVR it, right? And it says the time is like 4, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Like, no, the game is going to be much, the game is going to go to at least 7.30. And that's if you don't have a bunch of replays. So like like the that Texas game, and by the way, uh, I'm here to tell you, that Oklahoma-Texas game for overtime thriller, like I was sitting there watching that game. It had gone to the second overtime, and they were at the end of the second overtime. I had to I had to run out real quick, so I said, okay, um, I'm going to DVR the rest of this game. Uh, the showing of what's coming on was already into the next game, so it was like, okay, well, it's just going to record, you know, that game, which was great. And I had a chance to watch it in its context. I didn't hear any of the scores. Nobody told me anything about it. I had to step out briefly and had a chance to watch that game. And what a football game that that was in that Red River Classic. By the way, generally the week before the game that would have been played, the State Fair Classic, right, between Grambling and Prairie View A&M, uh, they're at the co- where they're in Dallas, Um tremendous football game so I had a chance to watch a lot of college football this weekend a major college football that is and listen it it, it was cool like this upcoming Saturday big time the Georgia Alabama game so big time right I'm so much looking like I'm looking forward to that football game Georgia and Alabama I'm gonna be look I'm gonna be watching that game like my daughter has a travel uh, softball game, but it's about an hour away from where we are, and it's not going to be that late, and that's going to be a late game. Uh, so it's an 8 o'clock game, as a matter of fact. So I'm looking forward to that game. I'm going to be sitting right in front of my television watching Georgia and Alabama. Another situation where a Nick Saban disciple is the head coach of the opposite team. Forget about the odds. Like, let's not even let's not even go there with the, I mean, in this game, it doesn't matter anyway because obviously, you know, Mississippi wasn't a, a ranked team. Meanwhile, Georgia's ranked number three. 
Alabama is ranked number two. Looking very much forward to that game. I, I'll tell you one game I didn't see, and I'm going to talk, you know, want to talk a little bit of, of NFL here uh, on the program in this first segment. And boy, I feel bad for Dak Prescott. Like, I feel really bad for Dak Prescott. He's got the compound fracture of the ankle, going to be out four to six months. Um, boy, I tell you what, th- those are the times, and, and, and I think, you know, I thought he should have signed the contract, to be honest with you. Even after last season, I was skeptical on Dak Prescott coming into the 2019 season. Uh, he he proved me wrong. And i tell you what, statistically speaking, and I'm not a big guy on statistics when it comes to professional sports, but statistically speaking, he was the best quarterback in the National Football League. So he would have been right, and he was right to hold out, well, at least the way he was playing, and then ultimately this has happened. So that's going to be a major, major setback for Dak Prescott. And oh, by the way, and we we'll, may talk a little bit more about this, who watched the Lakers win the championship? Like, again, as I've talked about last week on this program, and I've talked about weeks before, I don't know why the NBA – decides to have Sunday night games up against the National Football League. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was still watching some of the carryover of some of the 425 games, and then I'm into watching the highlights and all of those kind of things, so we can get into more of that a little bit later on in the program. Glad you've joined us today here on Box to Row. Up next, I'm going to be joined by a man who has the power and can talk Georgia football. Find out who I'm talking to next as from the press box to press row rolls on. And when it comes to doing this, I think I'm the freshest. As rare as they come in rare form with rare essence. Breeze through the trees, fly birds in the sky. Baby looking at me with the wink in her eye. Blinking or drinking, thinking that she can get minutes with me. Sipping some Hennessy G. When she finished, we'll see. Now, if she won't more, then I got plenty. You know, it's Liddy, baby, when it's 420. So I'm a Hey, Mommy, what you doing? Just doing some online shopping. Great. While you're at it, can you order an original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I ate the entire bag, and I was hoping you could help me replace it before he notices. Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good. And Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. From the press box to press row and box to row.com, your HBCU sports leader. Still to come here on from the press box to press row, we're going to be joined by Alabama State head men's basketball coach Mo Williams on the program. Yes, that Mo Williams, former NBA All-Star, and of course won an NBA championship 2016 with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mo Williams going to join us on the program. 
you know, practices are beginning to get revved up. And so we want to check in with Alabama State. Alabama State had its first practice, uh, I think it was on Wednesday. So we want to check in with Alabama State and see what's going on. It's Mo Williams' first year. And pre-Jackson State, pre-Deion Sanders, one of the talks of the offseason, we, we, it doesn't get as much mention uh, simply be, for a couple of different reasons. I mean, I think when you're talking about Deion Sanders and Jackson State in terms of some of the things that have happened uh, during COVID and some of the things with HBCU sports, I mean, you know, I mean, that's Deion Sanders is just on a, it's just on another level. But Mo Williams, I mean, and, and by the way, Mo Williams has really gone to work with Alabama State in terms of recruiting and trying to get that team together, which uh, really has struggled. I mean, it was a, you know, it was a program that was pretty solid in the SWAC, but it struggled. And, you know, SWAC basketball, solid. I mean, I, you know, if I had to say between the SWAC and the MEAC who had the better basketball, I, I probably would go with the MEAC with the likes of North Carolina Central. Really, it's been North Carolina Central when you talk about from 2010 to 2020. I mean, I, I believe Lavelle Moten and company has won, I think, four MEAC tournament championships. But listen, Prairie View A&M, very good seasons. Texas Southern has had a lot of success as well. Uh, and I don't know, That's maybe it's not fair to really compare the conferences per se. But my point is, I think Mo Williams is tr- is trying to build that program, and uh, again, much like I talked about Deion Sanders, I mean he's got he's got to definitely put in some work to be able to build that program, and I think that's something he's definitely doing. He's really been doing it from day one, really going in, and he's you know it's not like he's a super stranger to the swag. He uh, you know, he's from Jackson, Mississippi, very familiar with Jackson State, very familiar with the swag. So, you know, uh, I, I mean, I think, you know, he's going to do a, a good job there at Alabama State. But we want to check in with him and he's going to join us momentarily. Let's take a look at the top 25 in terms of college football and some of the matchups this weekend. Number one, Clemson going to be at Georgia Tech. As we talked about, Alabama and Georgia get together. The game is going to be in Tuscaloosa, and what a football game it promises to be. Nick Saban on the sideline. Otherwise, whatever the case may be, like that's going to be a big-time football game. By the way, speaking of Georgia football, going to be joined Tomorrow, gonna uh, Omari Hardwick. As a matter of fact, yes, Omari Hardwick, the actor, uh, Ghost on Power, many other things that he's done. A former Georgia Bulldog football player. He's gonna join us uh, tomorrow on uh, on our program, sister station, uh, Sirius XM one forty one and Sirius XM one forty two. Sirius XM. 141, 10 a.m. Eastern. That's 7 a.m. Pacific time. Check us out. Number four, Notre Dame is going to be at home taking on Louisville. Number five, North Carolina. We're in the we're in Raleigh. We're in the Triangle area. When is the last time that the Tar Heels were ranked this high? Well, you got to go back to 1997. And so the Tar Heels under Mac Brown. That's going to be a you know, that's a big test. Got to go on the road to Tallahassee to play at Florida State. I mean, that, you know, it's a Florida eight, it's a Florida State program struggling a little bit right now, but you got to go to Tallahassee and, and try to win a football game. I mean, that's going to be a t- that's going to be tough going for the Tar Heels who uh, maybe I think are going to be up to the to the task uh at least as the number 5 ranked team in the country. Ohio State is number six off until the following week. Oklahoma State, number seven. Uh, 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 Cincinnati is number eight. Penn State, number nine. Florida, number 10. All of those programs.
going to play next Saturday. Number 11, Texas A&M is at Mississippi State. Number 12, Oregon, a couple of weeks uh, before Oregon plays, the Mighty Ducks play again. Miami coming off that loss to Clemson, a big loss last week, looking to rebound ACC action. Going to be at home taking on Pitt, not sleeping on Pitt at all. BYU, as a matter of fact, it's going to be at Houston tonight. BYU at Houston tonight. Number 15, Auburn uh, is going to be at South Carolina. Wisconsin is number 16. LSU is number 17. Boy, LSU struggling right now, even at the number 17 position. Both Wisconsin and LSU off until next week. SMU at home tonight against Tulane. Number 18, Tennessee is hosting Kentucky. Number 19, Michigan, plays next week, as does number 21, Iowa State, as does number 21, Louisiana, as does number 22, Texas, as does uh, number 22, also Kansas State, tied for 22 with Texas. Number 23, Virginia Tech, is going to be hosting Boston College. And listen, Uh, You know, just as an HBCU tie, the quarterback for Virginia Tech who came in and played well, Hooker is the son of former North Carolina A&T quarterback, Allen Hooker, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in the MEAC. Maybe, perhaps the greatest quarterback uh, to play at A&T. It's between him and Connell Maynard, who is now the head football coach at Alabama A&M, I thought Hooker looked very good last week uh, coming in and trying to lead Virginia Tech back against the Tar Heels. Minnesota plays next week, number 24, and USC doesn't play until November the 7th. So, I mean, we're in a situation where teams are not even playing regularly, not even playing regularly, obviously, because of COVID-19 and you know, I mean, I you know, I'm I'm gonna watch. Like, I'm gonna watch. No question about it. I'm gonna watch a little bit of college football this weekend. But still, young these young people playing, putting their, you know, putting their putting their health at risk. And we have have had a number of coronavirus or COVID nineteen positive tests. Uh, but I guess to this point, and and they're saying that as the temperature drops, gets cooler. It's going to be, you're going to see more spread. Um, I guess, fortunately, we haven't to this point anyway. We haven't seen a whole lot of where programs have had to shut. And we've seen a shifting of games. We've seen some, but maybe not as much uh, as we thought we may see. And by the way, looking at this top 25 schedule, like, you know, again, we're in ACC country. When I think about the Power Five conferences, uh, you know, the I mean, you got Clemson, and then basically everybody else. But Notre Dame obviously makes the conference, gives the conference at least credibility, more credibility for one year, makes the conference stronger for this year. But I mean, listen to how many ACC teams I made mention of. I mean, Carolina, Virginia Tech uh, is right there. Uh, so on and so forth. So you got four ACC schools that are in the top 25. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, that, I mean, that's solid. I think that's solid when you're talking about ACC football. So let's do this. Uh, we have now Mo Williams, the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State, on the line. Let's step aside, take the break, come back. Going to be joined again. Mo Williams is the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State, you're locked into From the Press Box to Press Row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. We track down the names making news in sports from the Press Box to Press Row. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. All right, let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As promised, we're joined by a gentleman 
who's in his first season as the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State, played 13 seasons in the NBA, won a championship, also was an all-star. Mo Williams joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Coach Williams, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's good to have you. I, I want to start here because, you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't request this interview for this. I mean, your SID department at Alabama State does an excellent job. They had sent out a release on Wednesday uh, about practice and the first practice and all of those good things. So I said, you know what? We need to get Coach Williams back on. So y- your thoughts, how did that first practice go uh, on Wednesday as you rev up for your season, which is slated to begin at the end of November? Uh, I, I kind of got you kind of chopped up on me on the last um, part of that question. Yeah, just h- how that first practice go? How was that first practice? Oh, it was, listen, um, it was full of excitement, full of energy. You know, we've been going for a few weeks, and it was, you know, basically off season. And you're not going that long. You, you know, you're not going live a lot, meaning five on five per se. Um, but it was a full day. Um, we went a couple of hours, and um, it was really intense. Um, you know, but at the same time, you just you, you're excited about it because you got a lot of room to grow, um, a lot of a lot of areas you can get better. Um, you know, and from from the first day to today, you know, obviously today was our third official day, and uh, we was a totally different team um, from today, uh, from the first day of practice. So it's just the progression is important. You know, just taking the steps, one step at a time. Yeah, no question. Actually. What I was, what I was trying to say, I, I, again, I didn't call you for this, but I gotta ask, like, your thoughts on uh, the Lakers and your former teammate uh, LeBron James winning uh, the NBA championship? Well, obviously, um, you know, you know, I've, I've got one under my belt with him, uh, and that was extremely difficult. You know, playing every year, playing for a championship, and getting it. Now, you're talking about a guy that's been there you know, 10 times and, and obviously have four championships under his belt. Um, so, you know, with, with that being said, I mean, you got to take your hat off to him. You got to respect his body of work, who he is as a person on the court. And, you know, most importantly, off the court, um, I think um, he has a, you know, significant impact, you know, if not equal to the impact he has on the court. So, um, you know, overall, all in all, you know, I'm happy for him. Um, is well-deserved, and I don't think he's done. You know, I think he's motivated um, because of the haters. You know, the haters motivate him. You know, I've been around him a lot. He really gets motivated by guys saying what he can't do and and things like that. I think he, him and Tom Brady got something in common. Yeah, no no question about it. Uh, What do you remember about that, that championship year in 2016? What do you remember most? Well, I remember being down 3-1. And um, nobody in our locker room um, felt like the series was over. Um, I've been on teams down 3-1 throughout my career, and we was already planning our vacation. And, um, you know, we we always kept a positive attitude, positive outlook. We took it one game at a time. I just remember his leadership at that um, aspect of when we was down 3-1, just the confidence he gave us as a unit that we can go in and win game five, that confidence that he gave us, obviously, to come back home and protect our house. And definitely that confidence getting on that plane and going back um, to Golden State to win a very difficult game seven um, in their place. And those attributes that he has, that he possesses, it only makes you a better team when you have a guy like that in your corner. Yeah, I, I don't know if you're into baseball, but I mean, based upon what you said, should, should the Dodgers be? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm assuming some of the Dodger players are are planning their vacation right now. Um, I hope so, and I'm <laughs> saying they're kind of biased uh, because I'm a Braves fan. So <laughs> I uh, I hope that they are doing that. You know, I got to call my my good buddy Jim Herrick, um, that's coaching out in Northridge. Mark, he's a big Dodger guy, so. Um, I can't wait till we beat the Dodgers. <laughs> that the voice of Mo Williams. He is the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State, former NBA champion and all-star, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. So 
you you got eight guys, like eight guys coming in, a few guys from last year. It was an eight and twenty-four program. It's your first year. Um, so can you speak to that signing class? Like it was like every other day I looked, you had signed somebody new. Well, you know, excited. You know, a lot of kids. You know, excited seeing my name and and get the opportunity to coach, uh, be coached by me. Um, so, you know, it, it's excitement, and you know, but the excitement will wear off, and it has. Um, now it's work, and now they see, you know, they, they're coming playing for, uh, you know, NBA player, and it'll be fun, and it'll be cool. Then all of a sudden you get here, and it's like, oh, man, I got to do some work. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's a little, you know, uh, different, but it was fun going through that process, um, recruiting these guys and their excitement they had to come and play for us. Um, but all eight guys that we brought in, including the uh, returners that was here from last year, those seven guys, I mean, we're, we're happy with our team. Uh, we're, we're happy with how they came together in, in such short time. And we just obviously just, you know, building. You know, we have 37, 38 days left before the first game, and we're just trying to be ready, you know, obviously November 25th when we, when we jump ball. Yeah, what did, what did you do? Was it mostly – transfer guys heist was it a mix of of the two in terms of the guys you it's brought a mix. in it's a mix um it's a mix you know i got the job a little bit late um so you know uh, majority of the guys we brought in with junior college transfers but we got a uh, a freshman a high school kid that came in and two guys um you know that was freshmen at junior college that didn't have to go back you know another year so it's a mixture of classes uh, we have a freshman a few sophomores and a few juniors that came in uh, so they're, they're pretty balanced. Um, you know, all the guys we brought in, um, we felt good about them, and, and we really feel good that we have them on campus and, and, and in front of us. Um, they, each one of those guys is going to help us in different ways. You know, for you, when, when you look at your, your basketball, uh, you know, career, if you will, if we're talking the last, I don't know, 20 years or so, uh, maybe a little bit more, you go high school as a player, uh, college as a player at Alabama, NBA, then back to college as an assistant coach. And now your your first time as a head coach at the collegiate level, you're coaching a mix of of of, of college and, and high school players. So to what's your what is your philosophy in terms of of coaching these guys having been both an NBA player and a collegiate coach? Well structure and discipline. You know, you need that on the court and off the court. And um, to be honest with you, that's, that's kind of the base of, uh, of of what I teach, you know, structure and discipline. Everything that we do, everything that's that what we're about, it involves structure and discipline. And and that, that's involved in practice. That's involved in um, off the court, whether it's study hall, whether it's uh, how you carry yourself on campus, um, how you speak, how you – handle your social media because we got to bring that up nowadays with kids and, you know, things like that, you know, just under getting them to understand that, you know, we're getting these kids prepared, you know, to be adults in life one day. You're not always going to be a college student. You're going to be an adult when you leave here. So you need to be prepared mentally and physically. Mo Williams, again, is the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State, joins us here on the program. You mentioned that, uh, you know, there was a vast difference between Wednesday's practice and then your practice earlier today. What are some of the differences that you saw? Well, obviously they're just getting they're picking it up. You know, once you, once you do something over and over and over again, you should be familiar with it more so than the, than the first time you did it. Um, and that's what practice is. Practice is doing the same thing over and over and over again until you perfect it. Um, so you know, obviously we got things that we want to implement. We weren't you know too satisfied with it on the first day, but it was a typical first day. That's what you expect. Um, you know, first day of practice, everybody want to do things the right way, and they're still thinking in a lot of ways. I think two days from now, uh, from that first day, which today, it, it, it they kind of the game slowed down to them. Things that were implemented slowed down to them, and they're starting to pick it up and get it. Yeah, you know what? What does it mean to have? I saw that when your your uh, you named your assistants. Uh, right around July 11th, I believe, and Danton Jackson, who 
you know, I've known for quite some time, was a former uh, head men's basketball coach at Xavier in Louisiana, had a lot of success. They won many Gulf Coast uh, athletic conference championships, went to the NAIA tournament many times. What does it mean to have a guy like that on your staff? Well, I love my staff. You know, um, you know, we're, we're a young staff, and, you know, we, we do things the right way. You know, um, obviously, um, you know, all of, all of my assistants, you know, and my staff, we played. You know, we understand the game. Um, we're excited. You know, a lot of guys on the staff is excited, um, just excited with the kids. And one thing we say um, before practice and, and after practice, and we tell them, hey, listen, we shouldn't be more excited, you know, than you guys to be in this gym every single day. Um, we shouldn't have more energy than you guys on a daily basis. This is a privilege, you know, having a scholarship in your school paid for, that's a privilege. And all you have to do is, play basketball to get that accomplished. This should be something that you are energetic, something that you actually really want to get accomplished um, at a high level and give everything you got. So we preach that, and, and my staff is very, very um, um, helpful. They're informative. Um, they're on top of everything as far as on the court, off the court, academics. You know, a lot of things and a lot of hats our staff got to wear, and we do a great job of it. Mo Williams is the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Let's step. You got a couple of more minutes, Coach Williams? Absolutely. Okay, let me let us step aside. Let's take this break. We're coming back with Mo Williams on the other side. Hey, did you hear about the Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser? The what? The Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser. No, what is it? It's a fundraiser for Marjorie's Beef Jerky. For every 1 million orders of Marjorie's Pick Any 6 Flavors Beef Jerky, they'll donate $2 million to employ civil rights attorneys and or provide burial costs to people for unjustified murders. Wow, that's pretty cool, and I do love Marjorie's Beef Jerky. I'm going to tell all my friends, and you should too. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. We need your help to reach 1 million orders so that we can assist those in need. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Doesn't matter what your sport, he talks your language. It's Delaware. From the press box to press row, it's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. All right, we're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're talking with Mo Williams, the head men's basketball coach. At Alabama State in his first season, former NBA champion and all-star as well. So what made, uh, Coach Williams, what made Alabama State the right job for you? Well, I'm from this area. Uh, My mom is from Mobile, Alabama, a couple hours away. I went to school um, two hours away from Jackson, Mississippi, which is four hours away. Um, My brother lives in Atlanta which is two hours away, it, 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 it was it's home, for one. Um, and, and on top of that, it was my goal and my dream um, to be a head coach. And I always tell my kids, you know, something you want to do and a goal you want to set, um, speak it into existence, you know, set that goal. And when I got into college coaching and took an assistant job, I said in two years, and I told multiple people that, I said in two years I'll be a head coach two years I'll be a head coach and that's what it took me two years to land a head coaching job and um, everything just kind of happened for a reason and that's what happened you know the the job that fits me opened up which was Alabama State and I'm very comfortable with that right and you already had some familiarity with the SWAC yeah yeah Uh, say that again after that question yeah no I just said you had some familiarity with the SWAC Absolutely. My whole family, my whole family is, is swackers. You know, they, 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 they call them, you know, swackers. You know, they, they swag lifers. You know, uh, my family, my mom, my dad, uh, my sister, my younger brother, they all graduated from HBC. 
ACUs, I can go with, you know, families, aunties, cousins, you know, et cetera. And, you know, I think if I wasn't a high-profile athlete at the time and just going to school, uh, I'm sure I would have went to an HBCU also. Um, so, I'm, I'm, you know, it's a, a special spot in my heart, you know, pertaining or, or even talking about an HBCU. That's how I feel about HBCU. So I feel like they are uh, very, very, you know, underrated in a lot of ways. And I felt it was on my heart to be able to be in a situation to enhance um, the notoriety, um, enhance the, you know, obviously the quality, just of everything, just giving the kids an experience that, you know, that they probably wouldn't have. And hopefully I, you know, inspire other guys like myself, you know, to have the opportunity to kind of do whatever they want to do in their life, feel like, you know, it's their calling to come and give back. And that's what it is for me. It's a mission for me. Um, it's a calling for me, you know, giving back. I enjoy it. I wake up every day happy to go to work. And it's not work for me. It's something I love to do. So, um, you know, it, it was just all, everything lined up to answer your question. Everything lined up. Alabama State was the right place. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's interesting. You hit on a on a great point as a former, you know, NBA player, a champion. Now you have Deion Sanders, who's at Jackson State. You got a guy like a, you know, a Chris Paul, who not only is repping a lot of HBCU gear, but is actually enrolled at Winston Salem State. Um, you know, I think you make a great point with that. What what about what about Deion's hire? Like, what I mean, and I think we, you know, we're talking a lot about that. But even before Deion's hire, you were. You know, that you were the guy. Like, you were there. You, you know, had played in the NBA, uh, uh, obviously now at Alabama State. Uh, but but what, what about that? What are your thoughts on Deion Sanders' hire at Jackson State? It's a big-time hire. You know, I know Deion personally. We're good friends. Uh, we spoke afterwards. He's excited. I'm excited because I'm from Jackson. You know, so that's, that's big for my city, the city I grew up in that, really don't have those type of things happen to our city. We don't have great things normally that happen. Um, so that's huge. You know, this is national attention, and it's predicated on Jackson, Mississippi, um, which I'm excited about for one. But for two, um, I know Dion personally, and he's going to do a great job. He's going to be able to recruit. And I know the AD there pretty well. Uh, we grew up together. He's going to put them in the, in the right situation to be successful. And you know, from a from a athletic, um, um, you know, standpoint, you know, as a coach, when your AD is behind you 100%, there's a lot of ways you can be successful, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, no, no question about it. A couple of last thoughts with Mo Williams, the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State, uh, former NBA player. So, with, with the protocols, like, how does that affect practice with the testing for COVID nineteen and all of those? Those things, not not necessarily even just practice, but just the program. Like I guess you guys are sort of in a in a routine, although you're only three days into this thing. Well, we've been on on our protocol ever since we stepped on campus, and um, I would say you know our campus has been great. You know we have things on campus as far as COVID protocol that a lot of um, universities around the country do not have. Uh, so we're excited about that. Um, we we get tested every every week. Um, we haven't had any you know, positive cases on our team, knock on wood. But we've been doing the right things, the right, you know, protocols and things that are asked of us just to uh, prevent those things. But like I said, you can't see it. So, you know, you don't know, you know, but you can only do uh, what you're supposed to do to be safe where, you know, we're a mass um, campus. So everywhere on campus where I'm at, uh, we understand by the six feet distance. So we, we try to implement those things as coaches. Uh, because if you know the coach is doing it, obviously we can preach it to the kids, uh, and we and we make sure that they're doing the same things. Yeah. So when do, when do you guys kick the season off? November twenty fifth. All right. And who's who's who do you have? Wake Forest. Oh wow! Open up. Yeah, at Wake Forest. Wow! What a way to what a way to open the season. Exactly. So we're excited. We just got to continue to get ready. Um, continue to get prepared, get ready to go to work. Mo Williams, again, the new head men's basketball coach at Alabama State, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As you heard, Alabama State opens the season on the road on November 25th.
against Wake Forest. Coach Williams, appreciate the time. Good luck and continued success to you and the Hornets. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Alabama State head men's basketball coach Mo Williams joining us here on the program. The Hornets are rocking and rolling, just completed their third practice of today, and some of the other teams from the SWAC are getting things going as well. Of course, Division One began practice. So, I mean, when I look at the SWAC, and again, like most conferences, the SWAC tournament, was stopped, and by the way, Dr. Charles McClelland, who is the commissioner of the SWAC, sits on the NCAA Division I uh, Men's Basketball Committee, and like most conferences, in the middle of conference tournament play, the SWAC was also stopped. They got like four games in, but if I look at the SWAC last year, and I was talking about Prairie View A&M, and Prairie View A&M finished the regular season as the SWAC champs had a really, really good season. It's a, it, you know, there's there's some competition. When I look at Southern, you know, Southern was second. Texas Southern was third. I think the concern that I have uh, with respect, and, and, and by the way, it's good to see that e- even though the SWAC and hasn't put out a comprehensive or a composite schedule uh, as of yet, it's good to see that in Alabama State will still be able to play that money game. Listen, we're still going to have the the protocols in place for the testing. Um, it, it seemed that at least from an NBA perspective, and of course, college basketball, uh, you know, not at least right now, and, and maybe once the tournament comes around, not going to be in a bubble type of situation. And it seemed that even in the NBA with daily testing, even within the bubble, there were no positive tests. So I I don't know, is basketball more safe than football is from a a standpoint of possibly catching the coronavirus? I'm not sure, but I say that to say because when you look at Alabama State, it's in Montgomery going all the way to Winston-Salem, North Carolina to take on Wake Forest, so you still have some of those trips that are. I mean, I, I mean, I, I would, I guess, I would consider. I mean, that's regional. It's regional. It's not like it's a cross country trip, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's a further, it's a much further trip than you would think, uh, in, especially in terms of where we are with COVID and 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 the travel that was would be involved with it. I'm not sure how how what the distance is from Montgomery, Alabama, to Winston Salem. North Carolina, man, I would venture it somewhere if it, if you were doing this by bus or car, what, 10 to 12 hours, maybe something like that. Um, but it's good to see that a program like Alabama State, mid-major program, is still going to be able to collect a check. Uh, you know, Wake Forest in the ACC going through its own transition with a new head men's basketball coach there at, at Wake Forest. Uh, and, and then you look at what Alabama State is trying to get accomplished. Obviously, it's going to be a tall task for the Hornets. But at the end of the day, you're not expected to win that basketball. I'm not saying you're not going to go out and compete. Not expected to win that basketball game. But at the end of the day, Alabama State, that program is going to collect a check, much needed funds that are going to come into that program. And so it's still good. I mean, I think the focus with a lot of the conferences is going to be more so on conference play. Uh, At least we've seen that from a football perspective, but you're still going to have some of these so-called money games. And I think one of the things that's interesting is at least from a money game perspective you're able to uh, if you're Wake Forest then you know you're able to make that money back through ticket sales through parking through concessions but in this scenario like again as I mentioned I think either last week or a couple of weeks ago and and, and again North Carolina in phase three right now who knows what's going to happen on November the 25th although in our state the numbers 
for COVID-19 are going in the wrong direction. So you can in a at an athletic event, you can only have, I believe it's seven percent capacity. So uh, I, I believe Wake Forest still plays in Joel Coliseum. So you only can have seven percent. I think it's I don't know how many Joel seats, maybe some somewhere between 15 and 20,000. So I, I don't know. It's the guarantee. Maybe the guarantee money is a little bit less than it would have ordinarily have been had you been able to, if we weren't in the COVID-19 pandemic, if you were able to have uh, a, a, a packed house, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, it's still good to see that uh, th- that some of the mid-major schools are still going to be able to collect a check. And remember, the AC, and this is good because remember, the ACC sort of, you know, some of the schools putting their money where their mouths were. A lot of the coaches were for an all-inclusive. Remember that? I mean, that faded fast because it, it, it you know, it, it, people weren't in favor of it. But remember, the ACC coaches said they would like to see an all-inclusive, an all-inclusive Division One men's basketball tournament. So we'll see how things go. We'll see how things go ultimately in the SWAC for the upcoming 2020-2021 season. I would have to venture that Prairie View A&M would be the favorite. Uh, the, the thing about the SWAC schools, the SWAC schools a lot of times get off to the slow start. And sometimes when maybe one a game, sometimes none. You see some of the better programs. Prairie View, as I mentioned, Texas Southern has had a lot of success in terms of winning some of these uh, some of these Division One matchups, if not money games. Before we go, just a reminder, just a reminder that the HBCU Virtual Tailgate Series continues on tomorrow, highlighting Howard. This would have been Howard's homecoming Weekend, they're still the the university's still going to do some things virtually, but again, very much looking forward to that. That can be viewed on the Facebook Live pages of Howard, Alabama State, Florida A and M, North Carolina A and T, and Southern on those athletic Facebook Live pages. So, looking forward to that. As a matter of fact, my guest uh, tomorrow is going to be a former NFL player former Howard All-American Antoine Bethay played a number of years with the Indianapolis Colts where he won a Super Bowl, was also with the Cardinals, the 49ers, and most recently, the Giants. So check that out on tomorrow, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Got to get ready to wrap it up here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to Mo Williams, the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State for joining us on the program. Again, as a reminder, on our show that airs on Sirius XM Channel 141 tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, that's 7 a.m. out west. Going to be joined by actor Omari Hardwick. Of course, played the role of Ghost in Power, a former Georgia Bulldog football player. We'll talk with him about his days at Georgia. And always remember to support those that support Yo, from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications.